It's a lazy June afternoon, but then again, what better time to be here in the doghouse on the Believe Network? I'm your host, David Murray, and you're back in the doghouse. As we talk about, well, what are we going to talk about? Uh, not a lot's been going on at Mississippi State, certainly no games, uh, no teams to cover. You know, it's kind of made my favorite month of the year just a little bit boring. I don't know how you are spending your t- days. Me? Well, I'm just looking for something to write and something to talk about. And I'm also doing a lot of business here around the house in the yard. Yeah, I'd rather be in Omaha. I'd rather be behind this computer. I'd rather be covering the Diamond Dogs. But you know, as I told a couple of radio shows this past week after the hustles and bustles of three trips to Omaha in four years around a state of shock 2020 summer, you know, maybe boredom isn't so bad. I've gotten lots of done around the yard, and we've been setting up the North Carolina house in order before Kathy and I transitioned back to Starville. It's this week, and kind of coincidentally, on my birthday, which also just happens to be the same 2021 date that I got to finally write the most satisfying story of this working life. Enough about that. We'll be back in Starkville soon enough, and to stay, because Kathy has retired, and I should say escaped, given what modern healthcare has become. Without casping aspersions on our fine friends in the business, all I have to advise the rest of us after hearing her rants about management and such is, don't get sick. Seriously, don't get hospital, stay sick. Now, excuse me while I take a gulp of Barks to keep my blood sugar up, and Kathy prepares an early birthday feast for me that'll blow my cholesterol count out. I do as I say, not as I do. All right, anyway, as soon as we both settle back in full-time out at Browning Creek Retreats, it's time to get serious again about Bulldog football. Well, of course, we're always serious about Bulldog football. You know what I mean. With the fall games, uh, it takes near to- total priority, save of course, and I do mean of course for counting down to the July 1 baseball transfer portal deadline next Friday and building up to the Major League Draft, which is mid-month. It's just that my own draft coverage this year is going to take a back seat due to timing. I'm going to be in Atlanta on the evening of the 18th, which is the second day of the draft, and uh, gearing up for the next morning when Mississippi State takes its turn at SEC Media Days. As soon as I switch on the recorder for what Mike Leach has to say that morning, the countdown to kickoff has really begun for me. I don't do any counting down myself. Uh, I leave that to Robbie and others. I don't start counting until a full practice schedule is announced, that is, because that's when our real work starts ramping up. I did some quick checking, and last year, Mike Leach didn't start practicing until August 11th, which was kind of late by traditional calendars. I don't think anybody could complain that the team was all the worse for that experience, though. Maybe there's some reason to suggest this approach could somehow leave the team fresher, at least mentally, than grinding it out from the 1st of August on into Labor Day weekend. I'm only thinking out loud on this, you understand. I could see the opposite attitude that cramming the work into a shorter stretch could physically wear a roster down. Mostly, I figure this reflects the practice approach of the staff where contact days are either separated by enough non-hitting days or the hitting is confined to a few periods every day to hone what's been installed. You know, the fact is that in modern college football, practices are far, far, far cry from when I got involved in this business. Back then, it was rock till they dropped. Uh, Does it make for a softer team? I don't believe that. Uh, Given that most everyone who will play a single snap this season, they're on campuses right now, or 
at very latest arriving in July, and they'll be in great physical condition. It's more a matter of maintaining it. Oh, by the way, related to that, why don't we go ahead and set some odds on the first date that we report a coach or a player using the now entirely archaic phrase, two-a-days. You know, soon only us elders will have any notion of what that meant. Uh, NCAA mostly did away with it, and now it's pretty much gone entirely. They'll practice, and they'll have a second session that day, but mostly sitting nice and inside and cool and going over reviews and such. You know, I should make it clear now that uh, ever since he took over the strength and conditioning of this program, I and my teammates on the site have annually, make that several times each annum, requested a sit-down with Tyson Brown. And the answer has always been the same. He's not eager to draw attention to himself by talking to media. doesn't mean he didn't like us. It just means he doesn't want to draw attention to himself. You know, as a writer, sure, that's a little frustrating. I'd like to have that material to talk about. And I think I'm a pretty darn good interviewer who wouldn't uh, put him in any kind of binds there. As a long-timer here, though, that is a reason for respect. Because, face it. Haven't we seen too many strength coaches who enjoyed the spotlight just a little too much who we, and I mean we, I'm certainly guilty of doing this myself over the years, who have pumped up the strength coaches into something special and magical and they have a program nobody else has ever conceived about how to make a guy lift a few more pounds or run a little bit longer? Uh, No names, please. So... As of now, the only information we have have been after-fact comments from coaches and players in spring and so about how's it going in the weight room. Uh, This coach just doesn't want to do that, and maybe he'll change his mind. I I encourage it, not just because I want to have something to fill the site with, but frankly, y'all want to know what's going on as well, and and it fills copy, and it's entertaining, it's instructive. I'm not going to tell him how to do his own job. I guess I just have been doing that, but nope. He's free to make those decisions, and frankly, I think it also respects the attitude of his head coach. Not that he minds his assistants talking. Oh, he gives free reign to his staff to say what they please. It's just that he kind of wants to keep the attention focused on what the team has done and uh, maybe avoid the distractions too as well. Along that lines, by the way, I'm going to encourage all of you who attend the upcoming happy hour tour stops whenever a football coach is there to ask away. You know, maybe just ask him, hey, how's it been in the weight room? What kind of job is Coach Brown doing? I mean, who knows? Maybe y'all will get more real information in such a festive setting than we could with a recorder running. (laughs) Meanwhile, we'll keep trying. Also, meanwhile, Mike Leach keeps trying to recruit for 2023 and beyond, and there have been some early successes so far, at least according to the commitments list. With the June camps completed, at last count, State had eight who had announced for the Bulldog program, and I almost said a third of a signing class. That would have been a mistake, because the 25 signing limit does not apply for this year and next year. So, that's moot. However, That total 85 scholarship roster does still apply, so Mississippi State and others can't just go about piling up too many commits too early. Or can we? Not to be so cynical, but Mississippi State does mirror uh, recently what happens with most other programs in terms of rescinding offers if necessary. And I do mean if necessary. Uh, Why is that not cynical? Well, because commitments are only as meaningful as the social media emojis being used to proclaim such statements from the players, you know, blessed and all that kind of stuff. So no, it's not cynical. 
If players are free to change their mind, well, then why aren't schools taking commitments at this point? I think it's fair either way. And besides that, name image likeness is going to shake up everything about the process. Remember last week when we talked about how committing to Mississippi State has often served only to scout a prospect for other programs to pursue without doing so much groundwork as the Bulldog staff has done? I have a hunch NIL will accelerate this process for everyone. Well, now that I think of it, maybe in the other direction? All right, think of it this way. A guy who doesn't have a firm offer from, say, just throw some names out there, LSU or Georgia or fill in your own school out there. Let's say he announces he's committed to that school whether they really want him or not. Well, frantic fans of the rivals, they don't know that. So they start upping their NIL ante to change a mind that was never made up in the first place. You see where I'm going with that. It's all fair now in the NIL world. A guy walks out there tomorrow and says, I'm committing to this school. Fan says, no, um, we want you here. Here's what we're offering. Kid says, okay, I'll commit to your school. Then uh, that same other school that maybe decide they really do want him after all. And he makes a commitment, gets a better NIL offer. You see how it goes in endless circle. Yes, or some guys can end up playing the game a little too close to the line and get caught flat with next to nothing. Yeah, it's going to happen. You just got to be smarter about it. But uh, when you start dangling dollars in front of teenagers, smart often goes out the window. That's not a criticism. I once upon a distant time was a teenager, and not that I had very many dollars to show for it, but I know how little it takes to uh, change attention, much less change a mind. NIL is just going to be so fascinating to deal with. Uh, well, about the so far class, it looks like a nice opening list of athletes for sure. Uh, speed guys, uh, and a couple just listed as, as nothing but athletes with no position stated. However, there's only one big body in the group so far. Now, as in 6'5", 245 tackle, Malik Ellis from Laurel. <laughs> you know, if he can follow anything like the career path of the previous free state tackle Mississippi State had, well, that's a win for the program. But let's hope to see more blockers and for sure some defensive linemen committing in the coming weeks, please. And by the way, correct my impression if need be. Uh, I could probably look it up, but I'm a little slow today. But out of that long list of 2022 roster Bulldogs who have transferred out, I can only recall one true offensive lineman and just a couple of interior defensive linemen out of the whole bunch. So maybe there's not the need to go sign them out numbers-wise, but uh, bluntly, I say grab all the big bodies available out there. The game is still won at the point of contact. Air raid, I don't care. You've got to hold guys off long enough and give the the quarterback things to happen. Speaking of quarterback, Will Clark. Will Clark, what am I talking about? You see how I've been watching too much old baseball stuff lately. Will Rogers, he's uh, working at the Manning Passing Academy again this summer and uh, honing things, and that ends on, uh, I believe, Sunday. So he'll be back in campus soon, uh, after the 4th of July break as well. Will Rogers, Sawyer Robertson, that's going to be so much fun. And I say that in kind of a uh, sigh way because we're going to get asked it every day about it, but that's what we're here to report on. And I can't wait to hear uh, if the coach backs up his comments made at a recent Road Dogs tour about uh, there is no quarterback number one right now. Well, we know that's not entirely true. Right now, if you played, there is a quarterback number one, and his name is Will Rogers. It's a long time, relatively speaking, until September 3rd, and things can happen. 
But you know Will Rogers is the guy they're going to go into camp taking the very first snap unless something really goes wrong academically or whatever between now and then. I don't expect it to. Will is a guy this team follows. Every report I've had, every you know casual conversation off the record, whether from um, staff or players, has been Will Rogers is the leader of this offense and, in general, the team total. So, yeah, put him down as number one right now. But then once they start practicing, all bets are off, and let's see what Robertson and any other quarterback in the fold can do. And back to the recruiting, we'll see if that uh, moves any more here in July, which ordinarily is a slow month for commitments, uh, especially since they had the big dog camp back in June instead of uh, later in July this year. But, you know, in these NIL days, who knows what dealing and wheeling is being done behind the scenes and only awaiting an announcement, which is why I've got to update something from oof, back in May. Yeah, that's about when I promised a forthcoming story on the Bulldog Collective with Charlie Winfield. Well, as you can see, or rather as you have not seen, it hasn't happened yet. But it will now that I'm back in town and can drop by his office to talk without fretting the lousy Verizon connections that I have up here. In fact, it's uh, probably as well to have waited because my original list of questions from May has already been adjusted for some fresh informations, to make up a word, about NIL activities, not just at Mississippi State, but everywhere in the business. <laughs> you know, Charlie might even sell this here old dog on the idea of switching my modest Bulldog Club contributions to the Bulldog Collective's efforts. Maybe. I mean, if everybody did the same, uh, who'd pay for club special staffer Ron Polk's stock of typewriter ribbons? Now, you've noticed that I've done some uh, what you'd call space filling in this past week with a what-if series where a specific situation in Bulldog sports is changed by just one factor. Uh, say a shot drops, a pass is caught, a foul is called. Boy, does, you probably know what game I'm applying that one to. Our special player signs on with State. Then you assume that change is made. What would it have meant for the game, for the team, for the season, maybe all of Mississippi State history. And along that line, I'm entirely confident stating right here, as I wrote in Friday's What If, had that situation come to pass, the first national championship on this campus would have been in football and in 2010. Read what I wrote and see if you agree with that or the other scenarios. And if you like this filter fodder, suggest your own what ifs. In fact, I've already had one submitted uh, suggesting that what if J.J. Johnson was healthy for the 1997 Egg Bowl? Now, I, I know your immediate thought would have been, don't you mean the 1998 SEC Championship game? And I have considered that one and will probably do one on it as well. But the reader brought up a great point. Uh, J.J. wasn't ready for the second half of that Egg Bowl in 97, where, remember, State lost in overtime, let those people from the other schools steal it away on Scott Field. But what if J.J. is able to get there and, and go full game, full speed, and just grind it out? State wins a tough one. How did the next two or three seasons play out? Because remember, State didn't go bowling, despite a 7-4 and four record, in the rebound season for Jackie Sherrill in the program, coming off the probation, coming off a couple of bad seasons. They were that close in 97 to bowling, and had there been today's number of bowls, they certainly would have. But also, they came close to winning the SEC West. Now, that Arkansas game... 
of all the losses I've covered, that 1997 game at Arkansas may end up being the most underappreciated, awful effort because the SEC West was fair for the claiming, and imagine what happens if State does it. Now, they weren't going to beat the East champion in 97 Atlanta. In 98, they had a great chance to do it, though. Say you win the Egg Bowl in 97, go bowling, never mind the SEC West. You enter 98 with a lot more emotion, a lot more momentum, uh, a lot more proven factors, a confident club. Maybe you don't get whipped down at LSU down in the early season. Maybe you take care of business. You're confident enough that the Alabama game doesn't come down to another one of our what-ifs. What if that ref doesn't blow to all appearances an unmerited flag on Pig Prather's punt return? State wins that game. Doesn't call, come up short against Arkansas a week later when two touchdowns were called back by penalties. Do, do you see a trend developing for that 98 season? Or the 99 season as well? Which I'm kind of blundering into also. What, 99, they were undefeated going to, to Alabama. Uh, 98, you see how things start running together in my own head here with the what-ifs. You know, so you're in great shape to win that 98 SEC championship. You go in 99 with a team capable already of winning 10 games as they did. What if they run the table that year? The 98 team, remember, had some losses already, but if JJ's in the SEC title game, what? you see how all this starts rippling together and what if, what if, what if, and it's never just the one incident, one game. How does it impact future events? Have some fun with that one. So, you get the idea. Make your own suggestions, and we'll be certainly happy to work on it, especially here in July up until, well, football camp starts in August. We don't have the schedule yet. As I said, last year it waited till August 11th. I wonder if they'll start a little earlier this year and space it out, but uh, again, you just don't know. I need to check the academic calendar and other things as well. So make your own suggestions. And along that line, as far as this podcast goes, it's been five months now with Believe, and I'm enjoying the experience being gained here. But this is not at all a finished product. We need some new tweaks. We, we need some fresh ideas. I think I've taken it about as far as I can on my own at this moment. Um, well, certainly without football to cover, and we've got that coming. Uh, we, we need all kinds of other things done to it, which I think can be figured out now that we've got established footing on it. Uh, something as simple as a musical lead-in. Sadly, I have not been able to get permission to use George Thurgood's Who Do You Love so far. I would love that as my lead-in. Uh, more to the point, a co-host, which we've talked about before, I've reached out to one suggestion from Believe and would welcome other suggestions from you who you think would be available and uh, able to talk up to three, four, even five times a week and record for this podcast as well. Also, I'd like for you to submit ideas for topics to cover, certainly before football camp opens up, and you can do that via email or message board, private messages, and the like. An interactive podcast may sound like a contradiction, but I would love to give it a shot. All right, finally, today. It's time to tip the cap to our outgoing boss here at Gene's Page. As you know, Gene Swindoll is formally retiring from the page which bears his name. Steve Robertson takes complete charge now and in time will own it outright. Uh, this won't mean any radical changes coming up, but is allowing for some tweaking of adjustments in our, our workloads and assignments and how we'll handle coverage of Bulldog football in days to come. By the way, as of right now, I'll be the only site member at SEC Media Days because they're limiting it to just one. It was either going to be myself or Mike Nemeth, 
Mike is going to stay back at Starville and handle the straight Q&A of Mike's big room, Mike Leach's big room talk, and I'll be uh, taking care of player interviews and other things. Uh, regardless, you know, I go back to when we began. As a noted technophobe, I was kind of skeptical 20 years ago about this whole online thingy. Not because I was wedded to print. You know, one of those, oh, it's always got to be ink on paper forever. I knew that was going away in time, not least from the expenses and the awful, repeat, awful service by the United States Postal Service or disservice, as it's proven in time. I just didn't know it would happen so quickly. But as soon as Dogspite and Jeans Page merged back in 2004, it was clear this was the way to go, and especially after shedding the monthly magazine in 2013, which at the time was taking way more of my working time than the website was. Then I could devote myself truly to the website since then. You know, this could have been a truly touchy transition because uh, I'm not always the easiest person to work with. Shocker there. But Gene was accommodating from start to finish, and we made it work. Getting Steve full-time and in Starkville a couple years later cemented the future for this operation, as did our taking on Paul and Robbie in 2017. At least I think it was 2017. The years start running together at this point. Regardless, owning the site outright, as Gene did, proved all important during these changing times and put Gene, and now Steve, in strong position to negotiate with CBS 24-7, who, happily, have proven to be very good partners as well. So we've got a good setup going. We're going to keep it going with Steve. We're going to make it as better as we can. But Gene started it all. And he can proudly step aside and go do whatever he and Marianne want at this point. Uh, He does it with my sincere thanks for being a great partner, a supporting boss, and just a friend, even in the times when, Gene, I made it kind of difficult to be friendly. It was all on me, Gene, and thanks for having no hard feelings. All Bulldog fans owe you a great big thanks as well for what you started what you've sustained through your own labors, financial sacrifices at times, uh, just plain hard work and frustrations. You've made this thing into something that nobody could have envisioned two decades ago, and now it is the definitive source of Mississippi State athletic sports information that doesn't come directly from the university itself. I once talked to Greg Byrne. Uh, he was asking, and this was when he was a, before he became athletic director at State, he was asking, well, what's your competition there? You know, what do you do with Rivals or the other sites like that? And I said, Craig, our competition isn't other sites. We've got that taken care of. Our competition is you. And Greg was kind of dazed, but then he saw my point that colleges are starting to seal aside more and more material for their own use to, uh, well, bluntly, to try to coax more and more people to join the booster clubs to get access to that sort of information. But you know what? Gene's page will always be around because we can do two things that a university can't do, even in these name image likeness days. We can have opinions and we can cover recruiting and we're going to do both along with the same coverage you've come to expect from our staff here as the regular games teams, whether practice, preseason, postseason, all seasons. That's not going to change. Gene won't be around, but uh, his legacy will remain and maybe he will be around. I've told him, you know, don't be a stranger. Come by the baseball press box every now and then, and you can have my Chick-fil-A sandwich. But seriously, thanks to Gene for all he's made possible, including my own employment and ongoing with this uh, since the um, dog's bite ownership changed years ago. 
and we're enjoying this and we're going to make it even better in the future, but not because you're gone, Gene, just because you set the stage for us to do so. And that's our outgoing comment for the day. I think that's a good way to finish up on a lazy, hazy, but soon to get crazy summertime here in the doghouse on the Believe Network. I'm your host, David Burry. Looking forward to talking to you more in coming weeks. Uh, holiday weekend not far ahead, as long as my own birthday. You won't mind if Kathy and I take a little time out to celebrate not just today, but a few days as we make the move back to Startville and go see family and take care of other business. Our real business, of course, remains you and the 